everyone, this is David Ferrer, and you're listening to Café con Leche. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to episode five of the Café con Leche podcast. Um, we've got a really exciting episode for you today. When people think of media, I think it's easy for people to think about the final product, things that they get to see, like the final picture, the final edit. Um, but it's easy to not think about all the work that goes into that. So today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with two of our media guys, Sammy and Samuel. We're missing Lionel, and of course, he's He's the best of us. Um, but Sammy and Samuel, um, they are two guys on our media team here. And I want to thank you guys for being here today. Sammy, Samuel. Yeah, it's great to be here, man. Solid, solid stuff. First of many podcasts. Oh, oh you better believe yeah. it. It's going to be exciting. Uh, thanks so much for coming on today to talk a little bit about what you guys do. Um, I want to start off first by letting the people get to know you a little bit. So we've got a couple fun questions. We'll get into them. Um, and then we'll get into some of the interview questions to find about find out about your jobs here. So I guess we'll just start off, whichever one of you want to answer first. Um, what's your favorite podcast? You go with me first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. Okay, all right. Um, right now, it would have to be the Carrie Newhoff Leadership Podcast. Ooh. That's the one that is on constantly. However, there is a dark horse out there. Okay. Tim Hawkins oh. is back with a brand new podcast, the Tim Hawkins Podcast. It is an hour of pure nothing. <laughs> but I listen every single minute. Yeah, you played me a few minutes from it the other day. Mm-hmm. He's doing some pretty high-tech stuff on it's, that podcast. It's getting really? weird. It's getting weird. But those are my go-tos right now. Those two right there. One, one is leadership. One is just mind-numbing. Hmm. You got some serious stuff in there, and then you got your, uh, you know, you're just for funsies. Funsies. There it yeah. is. There How it is. about cool. you, Samuel? Uh, well, right now, I really, really, really like the Joe Rogan podcast, and uh, the only thing is there's some pretty big language in it just because he has such a wide variety of ca- uh, guests on, but yeah, I like it for that reason that he literally has someone on from like literally every walk of life. And also another one I like is um, called The Big Picture, and it's like a movie podcast, and you know they're just talking about films and stuff like that. Mm. And that's they're both on Spotify too, so you know it's all in the same place. The Big Picture. Yeah, The Big Picture. They basically take movies and like critique them, say, and then at the end of the movie they give like the movie the rewatchability. So like you know you know if it's easy to rewatch if you ever want to rewatch it and you know they they go pretty uh, in detail about movies and you know it's it's a good thing to listen to if you like movies. That that sounds like something I want to listen. It's to. It's wonderful. Yeah, and they're funny too. And oh. actually, they have they have like seven different podcasts that branch off of that podcast too. So there's a whole big variety of it. It seems intense. It is pretty intense, but it's it's a good listen. Okay, favorite podcast. Uh, biggest pet peeve. Wow. That's a big question. Come on, what came? What, what was the first thing that came to mind? Oh well, first thing that came to my mind is well, people that smack when they're eating. When they're eating and they do like the, <laughs> it makes me want to just leave instantly, and it, it's the worst thing. And since we're on the topic of eating, uh, when someone um, eats something greasy and touches things, oh. like say you're eating some fast food and you'll touch the remote or your phone, that drives me crazy. Which is why if you ever see me eating, the first thing I do when I'm done is I put on like hand sanitizer, I go oh, to the bathroom. True. I hate grease and I hate grease getting on things even more. That's very true. Hmm. I I think mine is not a pastoral answer, but I mean, when you said people who smack, I would say mine's the same, except you take out the who smack part. And just leave it at people. People are my biggest pet peeve. Oh, there it is. Um, <laughs> lazy people, <laughs> cluttered people, <Lazy> people. <laughs> like people who just are just disorganized in life. 
I, I knew a guy who literally I could not sit in his vehicle. It was so like you couldn't see the seat. Like you had to unbury it. Like those kind of people, those are the people that are my biggest pet peeve in life. Oh, yeah. It's very real. Well, that's, yeah, that's a real frustration, especially vehicles. When you get in a car and it's just like, like and, there's and energy drink cans everywhere and stuff like that. It's ridiculous. It smells like shark. It smells their, like sharks truck. and the ocean. Oh, are you talking about me? No. Oh, nah. well, no. I keep my truck clean except for energy drinks and the smell of the beach. But you can't get rid of that. It's nah. Florida. No. Nah. Uh, favorite hobby? Oh, well, I love I love going to the gym. Um, I like going to the beach, shark fishing. I love shark fishing. I like exploring, hiking, pretty much anything outside. I love outdoors and also, you know, working out, which is also also outdoors most of the time. I don't work out at a gym. I have a, you know, a home gym set up, so it's outside most of the time. Anything outside. Yeah. Don't you have videos too on YouTube of you being outdoors and whatnot, your explorations and whatnot? Yeah, it's mainly on my Instagram. I just, you know, pump everything out there and stuff like that. But yeah, I think mine would be would be I'm getting older. So it used to be <laughs> like video games, you know, sports. Now it's literally camping and naps like Ugh, those. Camping. Those are my hobbies now. It's just camping, camping. I love to camp. That's cool. I wish I could camp more. But when you it's have disgusting. four kids, it's it's kind of hard to camp. That camping makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Going camping. I'm reading more. That's becoming that. a new hobby is just reading books. Um, I'm trying to get into audiobooks. I know you were talking about audiobooks the other day. Oh, yeah. I wish I could get into audiobooks, but I like I like a nice paperback. Of course. Audiobooks are really cool when the author is the one that does the audio. Yeah. Yes. And that's pretty rare, but it's starting to become a big thing. Sure mm-hmm. is. Like, I know. Uh, and, and then you can get audiobooks done by, like, like big actors. Like, there's some audiobooks that, um, like, Morgan Freeman did. Morgan. And I think Arnold Sil- uh, Sylvester Stallone did one, too. I mean, that'd be kind of weird listening to an audiobook. That might not be true, but it's someone big like that. Hmm. But they do actors and stuff that do these audiobooks. Morgan Freeman could read the instruction manual for a fire extinguisher, Preach. and I would listen. Preach. I, yeah, yeah, me too. And honestly, I don't know how to use one either, so I should probably okay. listen to it anyway. Wow. Oh, true, true. All right, last one. Favorite junk food? Oh. All of it. <laughs> one. Oh. Pick one. Okay. What do junk you got? food. Wait, does fast food count? Sure. I love McDonald's. I did not know this. You didn't know I like McDonald's? No, I, I didn't know you loved. Tell him, I told you on the way it's to Publix. Like he said he was birthed in McDonald's. Oh, okay. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say really that. No. Okay. I said I was, like I was okay. born into McDonald's. Okay, okay. that's what I said. Uh, no, you said, I, you said I was birthed in McDonald's. It's the same thing. <laughs> that would be wild. I should have just said yes. <laughs> Kept that. Yes. <laughs> wondering. All right. We, we all they, get free Big Macs. No, if that, was, if that was a truth, they would have named me Ronald, not Samuel. There it Ronald is. McDonald. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Linda? Oh, man. Um, zebra cake rolls. Yes. Oh, Preach. Very that's nice. That's the one. Preach. That's my go-to to sneak mm-hmm. in at the movie theaters. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, that's funny. Have you ever done like any wild ways of sneaking in snacks into the movie theaters? All the time. I mean, unless we're not supposed to say that on air, then no, I've never I, done that. No, I've never done any wild ways of... Uh, please elaborate. Well... You never so, like you know, at Regal, there's all those pants? oversized sweatpants. Yeah. You know, at Regal, there's all those restaurants. Taco Bell and McDonald's mm-hmm. is right next to it. Yeah. We would, uh, Matt Horam, actually, he, I think he stuck like three Full burritos in his, in, his, in, his, um, um, in his sweatpants. 
like three burritos in the hoodie. One time I had to in my sweatpants and it fell out on the ground in the movie theater. <laughs> and I didn't even know it. And Matt was like, yo, your burrito just fell out. I'm like, no. But yeah, we got pretty creative with getting uh, mainly Taco Bell in there. Wow. But I mean, there's 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 times we're in the parking lot just finding out these crazy ways. I, people will probably think we're so weird just putting food anywhere we could. I'm, I'm but, pretty sure Zach and I, just us two, snuck in over six beverages, mm. four bags of candy, wow. popcorn. Is this illegal? Um, Did you have that just for the two of you? I mean, we brought for others. Okay. But was, we were the mules, if you will. Hmm. So Yikers. That's very good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now that we've had those fun questions, these are fun as well, but they tell us a little bit more about you guys. Um, so I, I guess starting off with kind of an easier one for both of you, would you guys give kind of a brief description of your roles here at the church? The, the <coughs> best way for you to sum up what you do here at church, um, how would you sum it up? Yeah, so for me, my roles are kind of vast and long and huge, but also very simple at the same time. I'm the media pastor and young adults pastor. Um, but as a pastor, as you know, I mean, you always oversee different areas and different aspects. Um, my main focus is media, um, just making sure teams are in place. Um, we have areas covered, we're producing, we're creating. Um, so that's anything from graphics to sermon bumpers to uh, just creatively how we get creative for services or build content for the different departments. Um, and then young adults wise overseeing 18 to 25 year olds, um, building things for them, getting creative for them. Um, and then, and there's also this, the tiny stuff here and there, uh, doing some facility stuff, you know, you and I, we tag team a lot for connections Mm -hmm. and, um, stuff like that. Yeah. And I do more of I'm over more of the video side. So whether it be midweek moment or the jam time videos or, you know, running people through, uh, camera stuff before Sunday services. Um, I'm more of a lot of the, you know, the video side. And then Lionel, who's not here, he does most of the editing. Lionel's the best of us. We yeah, miss him. Man. He's, he's yeah. in Virginia right now. Um, but I'll do most of the filming and then pass it on to him for him to edit. Sammy and um, Lionel, we all work in the same office. So we're, we all work very closely together. Yeah. But yeah, most of the video stuff I handle, Lionel will do the editing and the photos and stuff like that. Yeah, and he does an awesome job. You all do an awesome job working together. Um, briefly describe, because when you guys came in, um, that's when you know COVID hit. Everything was getting shut down. So briefly describe the situation you walked into that really, I, I think most churches experienced as their state began to shut down because um, of COVID. What did you walk into here at the church? Briefly, just briefly describe that. Yeah, so when, when I came on in the beginning of 2020, it would have been March, March or April, um, literally, it was just Lionel. Lionel was holding the ship together sure by was. himself, um, just doing what he could part time, barely even part time, doing graphics and, and recordings. And so then I came onto the scene and uh, we started to build. And the crazy part was, and I think, you know, looking back, you can tell it was a God thing. When I came on, uh, Lionel was the media department, there mm-hmm. was nobody else. This guy was trying to do everything for an entire church. Um, and so when I came on, the goal was, hey, we're going to build a media department, but we're, we're going to have that set by September of 2020. Well, when I came on in March of 2020, two weeks later, the world shut down. Yep. So September turned into, hey, you've got three weeks. We've got to be online. Um, so we really just hit the ground running. And then ultimately we realized, hey, in order to get where we need to go, there's no way that we can do it on our own. So we reached out to somebody in, in Panama City and, and uh, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah, so I was actually doing construction, of all things. It's definitely a weird jump going from construction to media. But um, I'd always been into the media world, so it was really kind of a side job as I was doing construction. But I was with a, and my, my grandfather has a construction company, and he was uh, up in Panama City during the big hurricane, uh, Matthew, or Michael. And um, I came down here when they first shut down uh, Florida. I came down for like two weeks, and I was super bored. So Sammy was like, hey, if you want to want to come help out in our church, you know, we have a, a ton of stuff to do. And uh, after that, I went back up to Panama City for like a month, and then I came back down and started here full time. So it, we all kind of converged into one area, you know, at the same time, and it was a uh, it was a really cool thing because you know we hit the ground running for sure because it was it was <laughs> chaos, but uh, you know we got done we got it, we needed to get done and it, it turned out working pretty well. For sure, um, and I mean, if you could go through a list of responsibilities that you had to cover at the height of the pandemic. I mean, what what are some of those top things that come to oh, mind man. for you guys? Just Golly. start to name them. Well, one of the craziest thing was services because we were <laughs> we were pre-recording services. There was no live services, yeah. and there was really no playbook on how to do that media-wise. So we had three cameras. We we went to having no cameras to you know doing three cameras of service and all that. And what like two weeks or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it was it was two to three weeks. We went from literally only having an Instagram for the church to then having a YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook being more active, producing services, editing, cutting, uh, changing services for podcasts, for app, for website, um, all within a matter of weeks. Yeah. Um, so we went from really just kind of figuring it out to, hey, we've got to jump into the deep end of the pool and swim fast. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Just the editing process of doing like the first few services, I remember oh. it took hours and hours and hours. and. And Lionel and I, we knew editing, but we didn't know anything with that extent. So I remember just looking back at it and being like, this is actually impossible. <laughs> because it's hard to understand without knowing the editing process, yeah. but just looking at it on the screen. And of course, as the time went by, we found out shortcuts and actual methods. And yeah. at the end, we could probably do it in you know a half a day or something like that. But the first few services, it was insane. And just pre-recording it, it's just hundreds and hundreds of gigs of footage just for one service. Well, I can even think back to when we were pre-recording services, there would be times where we would do like a song. We'd start one song and then have to stop everybody and go, hey, we got to go check that to make sure everything's good. It yeah. came through clear, make sure levels look good. I mean, we literally oh, forgot to like, record audio. Yeah, we're, we're, we're back. Like a stop and start, stop and start, stop and start. So, I mean, that was like a process, like a day long process of getting a service up online. And then there was that one that one horrible time where we lost a service, what was it, three times? I think it was youth oh, service. Yeah. yeah. I, well, we had to re-record the same service three or four times because one, it, the hard drive crashed, of course, and you can't really, we can't do anything about that. And then the second time, no audio. And then the third time, I don't remember what the third time was, but we finally got it and it was a huge celebration. But having the worship team come in all those times, oh, having, man. you know, I think we had Kwan with us. Yeah. 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 Having him come back. So that, that was crazy. And I, and that, that's the worst thing when you lose a service or lose oh, audio. Yeah. It's the worst feeling because, like, you know, sometimes you can't prevent it, like, when the hard drive crashes, but it, it's just the worst feeling. It's just like there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Well, and I, I think you guys are even being pretty humble in describing it. Like, you didn't even describe what a week looked like for you guys. So you d talked a lot about Sunday services, um, and then you mentioned youth, but there was not only that going on. There was stuff going on for kids' ministry as well. There were the other side graphics that we needed to get done for the week. Um, there was a posting and publishing it. And even, like, the beginning part of the week, you'd be doing some of that stuff for other ministries, getting ready for Sunday. And then, like, Friday and Saturday, you're editing all of that stuff so right. that it can go out. Yeah. Um, so you guys were humble in that. Um, 
But um, while all that was going on, how did you guys manage? And, and the reason I describe all that is because there were other media teams hustling and trying to do the same thing. <laughs> um, you know, how did you guys personally keep your cool during that time when you were basically over your head in things that you had to get done, deadlines you needed to meet? How did you personally um, keep your cool? And how did you prioritize things when what everyone wanted um, for them, that was super important. That was the most important thing for them in their department. How did you prioritize? How did you keep your cool? Well, I think, I think at least for me, I realized super quick when especially when we kind of all three assembled, my main priority was to prioritize hmm. um, because that freed them up to really do everything a lot more efficiently. I mean, when you have four or five different departments and they all think their stuff is in, like at the forefront of importance mm-hmm. and everything is important, but when everybody wants something all at the same time, there has to be that person that then says, okay, this is the priority list. This is how we're going to set. This is how we're going to do. And that's really what I tried to function as in the beginning and even up till now of making sure, okay, we know where the priority lies um, and we just focus at it one at a time. And we just hit that list. Um, and as far as keeping cool, I mean, it was, it became paramount for me personally that I had to have that day where my phone was off, I'm at home, I'm hanging out with my family or, you know, we're out at a park, just that time to disconnect and breathe because the moment you jump back in, you know, Sunday's coming and the moment you hit Sunday, you're rolling for the next week. And it's, you know, we're working on projects three weeks ahead of where we actually are while monitoring projects that are due this week while reviewing projects that were done two weeks ago to see how can we improve. Um, So it's a weird headspace to be in, but you know, it's, it's important. Yeah, it took a, a, especially, you know, the first month, the first few months, it was a really large amount of problem solving. Um, because if you think about it, you had main service, which was huge. Before, of course, we got, you know, got the ropes down and knew the best strategies. You had the main service to edit and film. Then you had jam time. Then you had midweek moment. And then, of course, we had, you know, your youth thing that we did for a few months as well until you went back to live audiences. Um, so basically what would happen is we would rec- we would be editing the main service throughout the week. And then... You know, jam time would happen. We edit that, but we're still editing the main service at the same time. Yeah. So it was a mm-hmm. constant stream of editing, and there was never less. Um, there was always things being piled on a, uh, on top of that. Yeah. So it was a constant stream of editing, and then filming, and then editing and filming, and then you know the end of the week would be done. We're like, oh man, we still got main service. We finished main service. Like, oh wait, now we got to do this. So it was a lot of late <laughs> nights, and the, the and once it, it just took like I said problem solving and figuring out a system of how to handle all that editing and all that filming and all the new requests and stuff like that. But once we had it down, you know, it was a good we had a good system going on. That's true. That's true. Um, what are things people don't really think about uh, when they see the finished product? So they see the finished edited video, they see the picture, um, or even like on Sunday morning they're watching the service live and they're thinking, hey, smooth, different camera shots, angles, all of that stuff. What do you think are things people don't really think about that go into that final product? I, I would say probably from the production side um, of more producing-wise, the things that people don't or probably don't understand is kind of like what Samuel was explaining, the amount of hours put in when you do even something as simple as like a service bumper, uh, something that's 
60 seconds. It's on a screen. People think, oh, wow, that was cute. That was funny. That was cool. That was really nice. Um, that probably took them an hour. No, it, it took an hour just to drive to the location, set up some stuff, and then another hour to film, and then another two hours to edit, and then you know another half an hour of tweaking. Um, and then once the project's all said and done and you've reviewed it four times, you've put in about eight hours to nine hours um, for 60 seconds. Yeah. And that's what I think a lot of people don't understand unless you're in media or you work in production um, of knowing, wow, the amount of steps and processes and things that have to be put into something. Um, and that's why I, I try to prioritize as best as I can and almost kind of be that safeguard uh, for these guys so that way they have the freedom to just sit there in that process for hours upon hours upon hours um, without people kind of messing up that flow, for lack of a better term. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Like just that video you posted yesterday for um, New Life University, it was 25 seconds, but you got to think we drove out to downtown, we, we mm -hmm. found a location, we set up the drone, we put the drone up, um, probably took hour and a half, hour 45 minutes to actually film, then got back, threw it in the computer, had to render, which took about maybe hour, 50 minutes, edit it, find music, sync it all up. So that 25 second video took about two and a half hours to edit. Yeah. Just that small wow. video. So if think about a service that lasts an hour and a half, or sorry, you know, like, you know, an hour back in the day. Yeah. And you'd have three cameras, different audio channels. So that just kind of shows the scale of how big of the, you know, how big of a beast those were to edit. <laughs> but yeah, you, you really have to, See, like even those bumpers, a lot, a lot of work goes into those, even though it's a short video. But, uh, you know, it takes a lot to create those little things. Well, and even from a Sunday service side, now that we're, you know, streaming services live again, um, kind of like what, you know, Sammy, you kind of talked about different camera angles. And I know you mentioned it, David, but, you know, when, when people see that, whether they're watching online or they're in-house watching and they see these different camera angles or they see these smooth transitions where a camera fades into another camera, um, you know, for them, they're seeing the finished product right there. Whereas, you know, there's someone like Samuel or myself, um, or we have two other volunteers, uh, Jeremiah and Steve, that actually run the video switcher. They're literally producing that right then and there. Yeah. They're calling out camera angles. They're asking for, you know, camera two, can you get a shot of so-and-so? Camera three, um, can you go from the lights? And there's this whole dialect that goes into production um, that we could call out shots and someone would go, I have no idea what you're saying. Mm -hmm. What does from the lights mean? Like, where, what am I doing right. with that? Yeah. You know, I need you to pan left to right, give me a slow pan, then pull out. It's like, what is he saying? You know, we're sitting back there, Omaha, Omaha. Yeah, just calling, right. things, <laughs> yeah. calling things out. But it, it's stuff like that that um, I think people, you know, probably wouldn't understand that when you're sitting in that chair, you have an immense amount of pressure to get it right and you only have a split second to make that call. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but we always have so much fun with that. Doing oh, yeah. the camera people and the guys running the switcher, it, it, it's such a fun time because, like I said, we're on constant communication. We're always cracking jokes and stuff. Of course, like when the service starts, it gets kind of quiet. But <laughs> but like, like you're saying, it, it is always so much fun. And an, another cool thing is a lot of the volunteers we have doing cameras have like never used a camera before. Oh, yeah. So it's like the, it, it, this is all new to them, which is kind of cool because we have a clean slate to kind of teach them stuff like that. That's true. Um, so, yeah, they enjoy it. We enjoy it. it it's always such a fun time. And um, once they pick it up and, you know, they're kind of doing their own thing, it takes less of us saying, hey, this shot, this shot. Mm -hmm. And the more and more, um, as more and more time goes by, 
you know, you could see us kind of stepping back and they're kind of just running the show already. And, you know, we're calling out less. We're telling them, to, you know, we're not, we're not giving them as many shots. It's kind of just running on its own. That's kind of the, the spot we want to be at. But it's always so much fun. I love doing that on Sundays. Yeah. All right. Two more questions real quick. Um, why is the media department a vital part of ministry? And I know that we could spend a good amount of time on this question. But if you could just, you know, if you could give a summary or, you know, what comes to mind? Why is, why is media part, a vital part of ministry? Well, in today's age, I mean, obviously media is such a big thing, Instagram, Facebook, all this stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest reasons why it's so big is, I mean, just look at the pandemic. Uh, without media, there was basically no church. Everything shut down without social media. Like social media was how you saw church. So I think it's just important to have a strong, um, you know, a strong social media presence, especially, you know, nowadays on top of just how popular and how big social media is. But especially, you know, when something crazy happens like that. Like I was saying, we we went from having no online service, no online presence service-wise pretty much, to going full streaming in like two weeks. <laughs> so yeah, it was crazy, but it if anything good came out of this pandemic, it's that it pushed a lot of churches into you know going online, doing a lot more social media and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know that was at least from our chairs, you could you could see that blessing in the pandemic, of it literally forced churches. Uh, and not just churches, but companies, businesses, yeah. you know, our culture to really jump into this new tech age of, you know, it has to be online. It has to be accessible. Um, it has to be easy and functional, practical. But the hard part about doing, you know, media for church is what we do is literally life and death when it comes to spiritual, you know, salvations and, and giving the gospel and helping people. So, it, it, it adds that amount of pressure, but I mean, the blessing was it literally did force us to look at new avenues, to be creative and looking at, okay, how can we take church into people's living rooms? How can we bring church to them um, instead of, you know, them coming to us for a change? How, how can we make that possible for them? And that was the cool thing to see. And especially as, as fast as it happened, I know it wasn't always fun, you know, working those 2 a.m., 3 a.m. A lot to get of energy going. drinks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that stuck with us. The uh -huh. energy drinks has, yeah. has, is still here. It's on the table now. But, That's right. Um, you know, I, I think that was the coolest part of seeing how the church kind of rallied around this and said, okay, this is an opportunity to reach people in a new, fresh way and really connect with people who otherwise would never step onto a church property. Right. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I agree. That's so good. Um, well, you mentioned it as well. This is our last question. Um, you mentioned creativity. How do you stay creative? There's such a need for new content, and I think it could be easy for people to crack under the pressure of, I need to put out something new. Uh, I want to put out something fresh. I don't want it to look like every other church. So what would you say to those that are trying to stay creative and trying to put out great content? What would you say to them? I would, well, at least for me personally, what I do is, is I just consume. Mm. I consume and consume and consume. Um, whether I'm, that's on the pastoral side of uh, prepping for a sermon. I mean, throughout the week, I watch 15 sermons a week. Mm. Uh, that's my minimum, is I have to hit 15 um, and order just one for me to stay spiritually fed, yeah. but then two, to see, okay, how are other people doing it? What does it look like when they're preaching? How, how should it look? Um, you know, looking at everything from production to preaching style to body language to literally dictation of how they do things. Like, I have to analyze it all. So for me, I consume reading more books, listening to more podcasts. Um, YouTube is your best friend. Hmm. Like, yeah. you can yes. learn 
anything off of YouTube. And that's what makes, you know, tech and, and really that side of things so cool is all it takes is just you just have to take time and want to learn. Mm. If you want to learn, you can find a way to do it. Yeah, dude, that's 100 percent true. Like anything like you're saying, anything you want to learn is on YouTube. While I was in Panama City, I would, of course, I would work and I get home. I would work out, eat dinner. And I would do like two hours, hour and a half on YouTube and then a uh, website called lynda.com and has a bunch of online classes. But the amount of stuff I learned on YouTube, it's crazy. I probably wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't be working here if I didn't learn as much as I did on YouTube oh, wow. and stuff like that. Because every day, you know, how do you do audio, you know, audio channels, different, you know, encoding methods, all this crazy technical stuff. You know, that's what I was learning when I was in Panama City. But yeah, I, I, it's cool how you say, you know, you listen to other sermons and stuff. Um, one thing that I think, uh, at least for me, is it's it's one thing to one good way to stay creative. It, it's it's cool to look at other sermons and you know see what other people are doing, but it's another thing to take what they're doing and you know change it up and make it your own. Yeah. Not just copy what they're doing, yeah. but you know evolve and say, oh yeah, that's a good idea. That wouldn't work for us at this church, but we could do it in this way. You know, so you see what they're doing. It's like okay, we can't apply that exactly, but you know that gives us a be- an idea of doing you know something like this. You know, so you're just making a, maybe their style your own, something like that. Yeah, so good. Well, hey, listen, I appreciate you guys. Um, I know that our church appreciates you guys. Um, and we didn't even get to mention, like we said, Lionel's not here. And there's a whole bunch of people on the oh, team that, that have not gotten named, but that serve on a Sunday or serve on a Wednesday that make it all possible. So for those that are listening, whether you attend New Life or another church, make sure to thank your media people. Just say, hey, thanks for what you're doing. Um, Appreciate you guys listening. Can't wait to spend some more time with you next episode. Have a good one.